0: Clipper Nation. The Ethos Clippers Podcast is back in your ears. It is a Tuesday evening and your two favorite people are back. Brandon Marcus here, Matt Warren there on this Clippers Podcast. Matt, how are you, my friend?
1: Sports, Ethos, Clipper Nation, Brandon Marcus. How the heck are you? I'm doing great. You know, fantasy football season has been treating me... Okay, I got to thank the Sports Ethos guys for that. But I got the itch, man. I got the burn. And in a good way, because basketball season is right around the corner. It was media day yesterday. I am pumped. I am ready for this season. Basketball's back.
0: I was about to say, you got to get that itch checked out, man. I hear hear itching and burning uh, should probably be treated sooner rather than later.
1: Exactly. Well, it will be in just a couple of weeks from now.
0: It will indeed. And you and I were talking just before we hit record. The first game will be on Sunday. The Jazz and the Clippers as L.A. hopped on that bird and just landed in Hawaii this morning. And they are ready to take on the world and see what is going to be a good season that hopefully will end an NBA title. We're going to have some optimism on this podcast because last year, just too much negativity as the season just sucked the blood out of us. But we're back, baby. We are back and we are ready to be optimistic about this season. We have various different topics to cover on this podcast. Um, we'll touch on James Harden. We'll touch on Damian Lillard slash Drew Holiday, and also talk about some of the biggest things that were brought up yesterday during media day Uh, before we get to any of those topics matt is there anything that really is hitting you hard that you want to discuss whether it be any of those topics i just mentioned or just anything else in life that you'd like to get off your chest
1: you know life is absolutely fantastic right now beautiful relationship with my wife everything is going just stellar you know the the itch and the burn like i said Doctor, doctor, give me the news. I got a bad case of no NBA blues, but it's about to be solved. And it really started kicking off with these major, major trades that Mm -hmm. happened most recently. I think maybe that's where we should start.
0: Let's do it. So the big talk has, of course, been James Harden. And will he come to the Clippers? You and I mentioned this on our last podcast, which I believe was about a month and a half ago. Um, I remember when we came on this podcast, I was like, we're going to be doing this. Every week or so, there's going to be a lot to cover. Well, still, nothing to cover, and nothing has happened. And like I said in the last podcast, how many people can I bring on this pod and ask, who do you think is going to start at Power Forward? What's going to happen with James Harden when absolutely nothing is happening? But finally, something has happened. And no, it's not James Harden, as apparently he's ready to report to training camp and cause quite the scene. But once the Drew Holiday, Damian Lillard bomb dropped – Then there was the question, would the Clippers go after Drew Holiday once he was shipped to Portland in that deal for Damian Lillard? And let's be real, the Clippers were probably never going to get Lillard, but then Drew Holiday became an option. And there was the whole talk on Clippers Twitter, Drew Holiday or James Harden. And that now doesn't matter with Drew Holiday going to Boston. um, Apparently, according to I don't know his handle, but he was a guy that popped up during the trade deadline and suddenly became this wizard that knew exactly what was going to happen. But he said the Clippers were probably going to land Drew Holiday. And then apparently at the last second, uh, Boston decided to include Robert Williams, and that got the deal done as the Clippers were set to include two first-round picks in a deal for Holiday. Before we get into the Harden aspect of it and what's next, curious to get your thoughts, Matt. It doesn't really matter anymore, but I'm curious to get your thoughts. Would you have rather had James Harden or Drew Holiday? Because I'm pretty one-sided on this, and I'm curious where you land before I tell you how I land.
1: Oh, is it Drew League? We're out here in Los Angeles. I need Drew Holiday on the team. He's one of my favorite players, one of the greatest locker room guys from all accounts. You're right. Damian Lillard, to the clips, was never going to happen as much as we may have tried to wish it into existence, but Drew... Drew it seems like the Clippers were actually very very close and then you know like you said Celtics came in from the top broke with uh with the time lord and that was all that was all over but if it's if it's between Drew Holiday and Harden and I think you I, I'm getting the sneaking suspicion you may have a different opinion because you cuz you want a, a setup guy like Harden or something like that but for me I just I just love The locker room presence, the defense. I know maybe it takes away a little bit of shooting because Drew's not possibly not the best shooter of all time, but I'm a Drew guy. Yourself?
0: So I love Drew Holiday. I really do. He uh, went to school nearby at Campbell Hall. He is, by all accounts, an incredible human being. He and his wife, Lauren, are tremendous. Lauren, of course, used to play soccer for Team USA. Um, But I very much am on the Harden side of things. And it's really for one main reason. And that one reason is that if we truly do think that Kawhi and PG are going to sit a bunch of games this season, and who knows what is actually going to happen, because the two yesterday during media day seemed to indicate they're going to try and play as many games as possible, but I'll believe that one when I see it. And of course, they are very injury prone. But because of that, because of the injuries and the chance that the Clippers may need somebody on the floor to carry the offense in a game where... Kawhi's not playing, or PG's not playing, or both of them are not playing, then I want to see James Harden. He's a guy that I think can go ahead and be that alpha dog that can get you a win. I know we've discussed this with Russell Westbrook as a guy that can go out there and get you a triple double when you need it. But James Harden, of course, is a prolific scorer, can get to the hoop at will. One thing with this Clippers team that they struggled at mightily last year was getting to the free throw line. And who better to get to the free throw line than James Harden? And I think that would certainly have helped them a lot. Um, James is obviously a very good three point shooter as well. So I think that would have helped as well. He's not as good of a defender, of course, as Drew holiday, which would have certainly helped your perimeter defense having drew, but because of the availability factor, and you know, I've said this before pre in previous years, like Eric Bledsoe, I wanted Bledsoe on the team because I knew he was going to be available. It's the same case here with James Harden, where I'm more on the Harden side of things. So I would have liked to see Drew holiday. Um, on the Clippers, of course, if the Clippers can't land Harden, that's obviously a bunch of hindsight. If the Clippers don't land him, I would have said, you know what? I wish they would have gone after holiday a little bit harder, but for now it seems like the Clippers are still the favorite to land to land James Harden. He wants to be on the Clippers. The 76ers have no interest in trading him, but yeah, I'm on the, the Harden side of things. Does that surprise you at all? I had, I had a sneaking
1: suspicion. It doesn't, it doesn't surprise me. No. You know, according to Woj, actually, the Clippers are not only the front runners. They're the only runners in the game uh, right now for Harden, which, by the way, I think I mentioned in the last last, uh, pod we recorded, which is we would only be bidding against ourselves. But I want to ask you this. You're talking about Harden being this innings eater if Paul Paul George and Kawhi are going to sit out some games during the season, which you're right. Despite what they said at Media Day, you know they're going to sit some. But Harden, who's a notorious... Uh, flame out guy in the playoffs you think do you really think though if he takes all this burden on his shoulders in the regular season he's going to be good to go for four series and a title run in the uh in the playoffs I don't I don't know if I see that happening if he's going to be if he's going to take on all this added responsibility and pressure to win game after game or however many the main guys are sitting out whereas I feel like you know Drew may not be that alpha dog and it obviously doesn't matter now but he may not have been that alpha dog who takes over games, but come playoff time, he's ready to go and can lead you through a number of series with spectacular plays, blocks, alley oops, as we've seen. So I just, I just wonder if, if yes, I know we want to take the regular season seriously. I really, really do. I know we both do. But Harden playing his playing his ass off in the regular season does that does that lend to some poor performances in the postseason that would be my concern which with the scenario that you
0: have brought up that's fair um but at the same time i don't think that this carrying the load on your shoulders thing is going to be an every game type of issue um i feel like it's going to be the 15 to 20 games where you don't have Kawhi or PG or one of them or both of them. So it's not like he's going to be carrying this massive scoring burden for the entire season. That's just not going to be the case. He's going to be more of a facilitator and be that guy that can get you 22 points with 13 assists in a game and gets the free throw line when you need to get there. That's what I think he can bring to this team. And I think in the playoffs, obviously it's a whole different story. We know how poorly he has performed in the playoffs at the same time. The Clippers truly have no chance in the postseason if Kawhi and PG are both not healthy. So if Kawhi and PG are healthy in the postseason, they're the one in two options. It's not James Harden. And so that's why I think it's beneficial to have a guy like Harden that can take the ease off some of these guys during the regular season in 15 games or so. And then be there in the postseason to be that third scoring guy um, that you desperately will need at times. And, and when postseason comes... We talk about Kawhi and PG and how if one of them is not on the floor, then you can see the level of the play really drop off from the Clippers. And this way you can have two of three be on the floor at one time. And we'll talk more about that, of course, if the Clippers end up landing in But that's certainly one of the main benefits in my eyes is that people that have listened to this podcast. No, I'm all about the postseason. I don't give a crap about the regular season when it comes to rotations and discussing whether – player A or player B should be traded. I mean, I've been all about trading guys like Luke Kennard that, sure, can be great in certain situations, but not going to be in your top eight in the postseason. And that's why you look at a guy like Harden, and he could be a really crucial piece for a postseason roster. But who knows if it's going to end up happening. Um, But, yeah, that's my take on that.
1: And I have to – and I agree with a lot of that. I have to make a confession to you. Mm-hmm. Uh, you know, when we were talking earlier this morning, I knew we were going to record tonight, I was trying to figure out how exactly I could put into words my feelings on James Harden potentially coming over to the clippers. You know, I was trying to think of some like waffle stuff or, you know, uh, who uh, who's like very indecisive in history who I can compare myself to. And I landed on, I'm basically Kramer from Seinfeld when he when he experiments with wearing boxers because I'm flipping, I'm flopping. I got to be honest, I cannot make my I cannot make a decision on whether or not I'm pro or anti Harden coming to the Clips. I started off when those rumors started way long ago. I was so pro Harden coming to the Clippers. Then I totally did a 180. And now I don't know where I am. I'm just spinning in circles here. I don't know if I want him to come or if I don't. And that's just the honest truth about it.
0: No, and that's totally fair. And I think a large part of that, Matt, has to be what is given up. Do the Clippers give up Terrence Mann in a deal? Do they give up first-round picks in a deal? And uh, you've been very steadfast in that you don't want to give up a bunch in a deal for James Harden. And initially, I was like, all right, if you've got to give up a couple pieces, do it, because you really have one or two more chances to go after this thing. Like, let's be honest. This is a very important year for Clipper Nation that this is one of your chances to go after a title because Kawhi and PG can opt out and end up being free agents, you could lose both of them, um, unlikely, but possible. And so why not go all in with this roster and see what you can do? And so if that means trading away a couple first-round picks in the future, and if you have to give up a guy like Terrence Mann, some people think, hey, that, go ahead and do that. But now that we've gotten to this stage and we're sitting here on October 3rd, I truly do believe that you cannot give up both a pick and Terrence Mann. I I truly believe that you cannot do that because like you said earlier, you're not bidding against anybody else. At this point, James Harden wants to be a Clipper. He wants nothing to do with the 76ers. No other team wants James Harden because frankly, he is a team cancer and he is a huge headache. Is he worth it? For this team, I think he is because the Clippers have such a small window. They need to do whatever possible to get over the top. And I think that a guy like James Harden, that is going to be a Hall of Famer, certainly would be somebody that could put you over the top. It would allow Russell Westbrook to go to that second unit, cause havoc against bench units, and just be an absolute menace for 20 minutes a night, 25 minutes a night, whatever it might be. And so that's why I'm in the camp now where you can't give up both. And the longer this goes, Matt, the longer I don't want to give up Terrence Mann because we can kind of ease into media day stuff. It seems like Ty Lu may be thinking about starting Terrence Mann, and we have all been asking for that, begging for that, and it seems like it's a possibility, and we know what the potential is for a guy like T-Man when given minutes, Matt. Please, please put T-Man into the starting lineup.
1: When when he was asked that question, uh, Ty Lue, <clears throat> and then he responded with, oh, you're smart. I, I wish I remembered who asked, who asked the question. I think it was Joey Lynn.
0: I think it was Joey Lynn. Well,
1: was it? Oh, well, what a great question, because, man, we've, we've all been clamoring for that. Um, to circle back, just real quick, one more hardened thing before we move on to media day. So I get what you're saying about the further it goes along, the less you want to give up T-Man. And I I, I, I agree with that as well. But is there is there something in the back of your mind, just as a Clippers fan, just as, you know, uh, Murphy's Law, whatever, whatever will go wrong uh, or if it can go wrong, will go wrong. Like, what if the Clippers start off very slow? Do they start to lose some leverage uh, mm-hmm. to the Sixers to where they could try to demand more if the Clippers start off with a 500 to sub 500 record?
0: It's a decent point. It's a really good question. And one that I don't think anybody has really thought of because I think we're all under the impression that this deal's either going to get done before the season starts or it's not going to get done at all. Um, and if it does get done, maybe at the all-star break um, around the trade deadline, that's really the only thing that makes sense. I, I don't see a deal suddenly popping up in late October, early November, um, once the first couple of games have been played. So um, I do wonder that I think that's a good question. And I think if that is the case where the no deal is made, then yeah, it's possible that if the Clippers struggle, then uh, Daryl Morey senses desperation and the Clippers may have to get a little bit desperate. Uh, but I, I just don't know I, I feel like this trade either happens before the season or it happens around the trade deadline I don't think it happens anywhere in between um it would certainly be interesting though it, it really would
1: yeah I've, I've i've been under the long under the impression uh when when it didn't happen at first that the clippers are going to be at least for a big move a trade deadline team which sort of hurt them last year just in continuity and and, and what have you at the, at, at the break. But as, as was said in media day, we can move back into that. Now they have continuity with guys like Plumlee, with Bones, uh, with Westbrook. So uh, back to media day. Yeah, uh, Ty, Ty Lue saying that T-Man could be inserted into the starting lineup. I loved Ty Lue saying that uh, Groco deserved more playing time, and that was on him. I love hearing that too. So
0: perhaps we'll get to see more of our guys this season. The Roco thing is interesting because I feel like it was brought up so often last year by the media about Roco. I mean, the guys covering the Clippers were mentioning Roco. Why isn't he playing more? Like, what do you see in Roco? And whenever he played, he did well. And T. Lou's like, yeah, I love what I saw out of Roco. And yet there he was back as a DNPCD like three games later. So I'll believe it when I see it when it comes to Robert Covington and his role this season, because if you bring back Marcus Morris and you, you have Nicholas Batum and you have Robert Covington, you have Powell. I mean, you have all these pieces still you have bones Highland. Like where are the minutes going to be for Rocco? You know what I mean? Like, sure. You can talk about playing him, but unless there's an injury, then I, I don't know if Ty Lue still favors him over a guy like Marcus Morris. I, I just don't know. So, the Rocco stuff I think is useless to discuss because you and I are clearly on the same page that we love the impact that he has on this team. We think that he should, do, he should play more minutes because he does such a great job defensively. He helps spread the floor. He gets his hands on everything in passing lanes. Um, but I'll believe it when I see it. Granted, that is part of this discussion when it comes to the starting lineup. Because we know four of the five slots are pretty much locked in. And that is Russell Westbrook, PG, Kawhi Leonard, and Zoo. The big question is, is PG Kawhi, is that going to be the 2-3? Or is that going to be the 3-4? And if it's the 3-4, does that mean that team man all of a sudden enters the starting lineup? And if not, does that mean that perhaps we see Robert Covington enter the starting lineup? Or does he go with all reliable and go back to Marcus Morris or Nicholas Batum in the starting five. I think that is the biggest, biggest part of this season that is immediately on display. Matt is that Ty Lu has got to get this decision, right on who the fifth starter is going to be. And frankly, with the addition of KJ Martin and the energy that he's going to bring off the bench, I think it's a no brainer to start Terrence Mann and put him with guys like PG and Kawhi get into the painted area kick it out to them just be that energy guy alongside Russell Westbrook I certainly think that man and zoo have developed a nice relationship together so yep I'm on team start team man I know you are too
1: absolutely and you know like you said with KJ his his versatility a- across positions i mean he can play just about any position and guard any position on the floor but when it comes to Rocco, either starting or not starting, or T-Man starting, and you you and I being on the same page, so it's kind of worthless to talk about. By osmosis, it brings up who you referred to as old reliable, and I think one of those words is at least apt. Mm-hmm. Uh, Marcus Morris, what are we doing with this guy? You, I mean, it seems like you are under the impression that he's going to be a Clipper to start the year and perhaps for the full year. I, on the other hand, think there's no way the Clippers can hold on to Marcus Morris if they can help it if they can move him, I think he's gone. And I don't really think there's any two ways about it. If you know, they can move that contract package it for something, but I can't see Marcus Morris ending the year as a Clipper. I I don't, I don't even know if he'll begin the year as a Clipper. I don't, I don't believe he was at media day. I don't know that he's going to be at practices. I don't know what's going on with this guy, but I do not foresee him being a Clipper
0: in the long term. You, um first of all, I think he was at media day. Um, I'm not sure. He was. If he's, okay. I'm not I, sure. I, if he's heard spoke. That wrong, then. I think he was at media day. Um, but I, I think that he's coming back. I, it, it just, as long as he is on this roster, it certainly feels like he's going to be used. Now I could be wrong. Um, the early part of the season, who knows, I think that we'll see in the preseason how he plays. And that may be a part of what Ty Lewis is thinking. If he sees, a drop-off that we saw last year from Marcus Morris. And perhaps he is the third guy behind Rocco and Batum. It's going to be an interesting one to watch is that battle between the three of those guys for that power forward slot or the backup power forward slot, depending on whether team man starts or not. And it's really depressing because you look at that Malcolm Brogdon um, was in that trade for Drew Holiday and you wonder, man, what would this team look like with Malcolm Brogdon in the starting two role or in that backup point guard role? And the Clippers had a chance to unload Marcus Morris, and they didn't do it because of the medicals. And apparently Malcolm Brogdon's ready to go, and he's going to play just at the start of the season. And so the Clippers really messed that one up, I think. And will they have a chance to do a redo with Portland? Um, I don't know. Uh, But I do know that Marcus Morris is going to continue to be a name that everybody on the Clippers is going to bring up because he really feels like he is excess weight at this point. And I said all reliable because it really feels like that's what Ty Lue sees him as. Because whenever there was a question about the starting lineup, he was always brought in. He always thought that Marcus Morris could provide something offensively. I mean, remember when Marcus Morris was away from the team for a couple of weeks and all of a sudden in the playoffs he came back and he played like 20 minutes or something and the Clippers are and we're all of our fans are wondering what the hell's going on but he thinks that Marcus Morris can shoot the basketball and provides a lot offensively it just feels like we're on the a different page than Ty Lue when it comes to Marcus Morris and hopefully for Clippers fans sake he's involved in a trade but here's the question who wants him you know that that's the hard part here
1: I mean, that's the million dollar question, or seventeen and change million dollar question. Who wants to take on Marcus Morris? And am I am I crazy, or did he publicly say he he wanted off the team? You know, uh, yep. I don't know if that threads thing was anything. If that was actually him, you know, bum ass Clippers fans, whatever that was, you know, whatever nonsense that was going on there. But I'm not sure he necessarily wants to be with the team. I I can't say that for sure. But the impression that I get is that save Ty Lu both parties wouldn't be too upset with him, with him moving on. I do want to go back to what you said about Malcolm Brogdon, because that's so interesting if he's going to be ready to play. And I had, I I, I was going to pose this question to you because I also think that perhaps the Clippers and the trailblazers can revisit some Brogdon talks. Uh, So obviously um, the opening night for the Clippers is against those trailblazers Mm -hmm. on, uh, on October 25th, uh, and I was just curious what team you think Brognan's going to be playing for. And if he is remains on the trailblazers, could that be considered a revenge game since the Clippers nixed that trade due to his medicals?
0: <laughs> I don't think it qualifies as a revenge game, but no. I, okay. um, I do think he's going to be on Portland. It seems like Joe Cronin said that he's going to stay with them and that they want that veteran leadership on a team that has a lot of young guys. And you look at Shaden Sharp, you look at Anthony Simons. Um, I mean, even Deandre Ayton is only 25 years old. I mean, they have a really young team and so they want that guy that can be a veteran leader. So I do think that he stays on Portland and it's going to be a very big missed opportunity. Um, when you look back, I mean, it certainly is going to feel like that. I mean, the Clippers of course, get a chance to play against him and watch him go and play in game one, look great. And Clippers fans are sitting there as Marcus Morris gets the start and wondering what the hell is going on. Like, you know that that's going to be a possibility, right? Is that Marcus Morris is going to be the starting four. Nothing's going to change from last year. Malcolm Brogdon's going to have a very good game against the Clippers, and Marcus Morris is not going to do well, and the Clippers are going to sit here wondering what the hell, what did we do? We could have gotten rid of Marcus Morris. We could have started Terrence Mann, and we could have had Brogdon on our roster. Um, So that's certainly a possibility, but I said I'm going to stay positive on this podcast, but that's certainly a possibility. It's a possibility. And
1: look, I mean, it, it, we're, we're, yeah, we are right. We're getting dragged
0: down and I think it's
1: just because I sort of, I just have a sour taste in my mouth as far as Marcus Morris is concerned, but yeah. let's bring it around to some more happy times, some more positive media day stuff. What else, what else caught your
0: eye? Was there anything else from Ty Lu Any of the main guys? Well, I think the one thing that seemed to be brought to the forefront was um, a couple of things brought up about KJ Martin and his role. You mentioned earlier that he, Ty Lu said he could play the three, four, or five. And that's a weapon that the Clippers haven't had um, in a little while. As a guy that has that versatility, apart from Team Man, I mean, we say, we've seen Team Man play various different positions. It feels like this is a guy that has a chance to replace Team Man on the bench as Team Man gets the start and be that energy guy. I mean, one great stat that was brought up today by Law Murray of The Athletic, and it's at Law Murray, the NU on Twitter slash X. Um, and Law does an amazing work, and I love following him, is he was talking about the the offense off of misses and the transition offense. And he mentioned that K.J. Martin is going to be someone that's going to give this pace and athleticism that the Clippers didn't have because they finished in the bottom in the last couple of years. I think it was 28th and 30th in the last two years or something like that. And so I actually reached out to him and I said, do you think that that change once the Clippers acquired Russell Westbrook? Was their transition offense better? And he said, I can look it up without, without even looking it up. I can tell you that their pace was that Russell Westbrook had the best pace on that team and what he brought. So you bring in K.J. Martin, and here's a fun stat. Terrence Mann and Ivica Zubots were number one and number two in dunks from the Clippers last year. They combined for 177 in over 4,000 minutes, 4,042. K.J. Martin played about 1,800 less minutes, 2,292, and he had only four less dunks, 173, than Zoo and Mann combined. So that tells you a little bit about what K.J. Martin can Ooh. do is, yes, he can provide that athleticism that the Clippers, frankly, have not had. So the one thing that really has stood out is that the Clippers got a good one in K.J. Martin, and I'm really excited what he's going to bring to this team.
1: I can't wait to see K.J. Martin in action. That is such a cool stat. I, I, I love that. That is very, very exciting. It's a burst of energy, yeah, that the Clippers so desperately need. An injection of youth uh, for a, a consistently AARP-eligible team. It's going to be awesome.
0: I'm just excited to have a little bit of youth um, I know yes, that I absolutely. I really banged the drum last year on Bones Highland and how his minutes should not be very high in the postseason because he's frankly not one of those top eight guys. I'm going to bang the drum that I want to see him play pretty high minutes here. And by high, that means backup point guard minutes um, in the regular season. I want to see what he can bring to this team. I want the Clippers, if they don't get a guy like Malcolm Brogdon I want to see what you have youth-wise with Bones Highland. Is he somebody that you can develop to be somebody that you can rely on in the postseason? That's what the regular season is going to be. You need to take it seriously because I want to see you win games. But at the same time, I want you to develop young players. That's something the Clippers have done a horrific job of in the last decade is developing youth. And they have a chance now with Bones Highland to give him minutes— let him learn under guys like Russell Westbrook and Paul George and get him to a point where he can be a reliable player in the rotation in the postseason. You put KJ Martin along with Bones Highland. We, of course, we know what Mason Plumlee can bring to this team. Nicholas Batum and what role he can have. The Clippers, once again, are going to be a very deep team. Now, the question is, what youth can be sparked into this team? Because people have talked about, oh, Kobe Brown should have a role other player, young players should have a role, most likely not going to happen. It's just not going to. I mean, we've heard the boys over at the Lob the Jam podcast talk about Brandon Boston Island, and, and I got to tell you, man, it's, it's not happening. It's truly not happening. There's just no role for him. However, I think there is a role for Bones Highland because the Clippers need a backup point guard. He is that guy. So I think that is the other thing that really stands out is the opportunity that's presented here for Bones this season.
1: And it's much like what they always talk about. I know I brought up fantasy football earlier, but two of the main, two of the main attributes you want in a in a fantasy football player that you draft is opportunity and ability. So we know that Bones has the ability, and we know that KJ Martin has the ability. So if they get that opportunity, opportunity to not only play, but like you said, to learn from these seasoned veterans throughout the season. Get comfortable, get their mojo going, get a backup unit that is that is solid and can come in and maintain leads or or close gaps if 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 need be. That's what's going to be super important. And those two guys, sort of as the two youngins at the helm, I'm very, very happy with that and excited. Cause like you said, youth and youth development just has not been the Clippers Forte for a long, long, long time now. I mean, Brandon Boston, God love him, but You're right. That's not happening. I mean, his name is one of those that's included as a throw-in in in just about any trade or trade machine-off thing that you may see. So I don't think that's happening. Kobe Brown uh, had a fantastic uh, summer league, but he, you know, he's he's not going to see the minutes. Unfortunately, it's just not going to happen. That's not. There's no way. I don't see any way for him to sneak into the rotation. But like you said, with KJ and with Bones, I, I do think. And they don't lack for confidence. So I do think there's a way for them to get in there and have an actual very significant role, even even come postseason.
0: Yeah. And we've talked about Jason Preston. We've talked about Amir Coffey. I mean, there are so many guys on this roster, and it's really going to come down to the core 10 guys that are going to get minutes. And so Bones Highland certainly has a chance to be one of those dudes. Now, however, if there are injuries, then that will present opportunities for other players. Um, and speaking of injuries, I think my final biggest takeaway from media day is at least the right things are being said when it comes to Paul George and Kawhi Leonard. Paul George said he's going to try and play as, in as many games as possible. He wants to play in back-to-backs, I'm assuming. Um, and then Kawhi Leonard, when he was asked about load management and the new rules, said he didn't even know what the rule was. And by the way, if you're targeting the Clippers, everyone keeps reading the pictures of Kawhi and PG when it comes to this rule. These guys were not sitting because of load management last year. These guys were sitting because of injuries and there was legit reasons for these guys sitting. So it's, it's hogwash to mention that when it comes to these two guys. However, with Kawhi Kawhi Leonard, he said yesterday, I'm not a guy that's sitting during doing load management. When I was with the Raptors, it was different. I was coming off an injury. He was saying that he was hurt and it's legit. And here's the thing. Kawhi is coming off an injury now. However, he and PG have both said that they are hundred percent healthy. And we're going to get an idea of what that looks like this season. And remember, this is the second year coming off the ACL injury for Kawhi Leonard. It always takes a second year. You've mentioned fantasy football in this podcast a couple of times already. And it is usually the second year after a torn ACL that we see guys who are running backs end up having better seasons. I can bet you that Brees Hall is going to have a much better year next year than he is this year. Javante Williams is going to have a much better year next year than he is this year. So you look at Kawhi Leonard, this is his second year post ACL. He is set up to have a very good season. Now, can he stay healthy because he has now been bit by the injury bug a couple of times. That's of course the main question, but I think all the right things are going to be said or so far have been said, and I think that's really important, Matt, because we've talked about how you can take the regular season seriously when guys are actually playing, but you can't take the regular season seriously if you're sitting these guys on back-to-backs and you're missing players for up to months at a time because of injury. But if you're going to come in and you're going to be healthy and you're going to play – then that certainly has a chance to take this season seriously and become a contender and really sneak up on people because I think at this point the Clippers are pretty much an afterthought with people because they think that they're just going to get hurt and it doesn't matter and there's no point even discussing this Clippers team.
1: Brandon, it's as if you saw my notes already. I will I will say about Kawhi real quick. He did he did me- mention and he made it a point to, to differentiate the meniscus injury. That he suffered last year as opposed to the acl which he suffered the year before he said the meniscus is just it's a quick cleanup you have to wait for the swelling to go down and then basically you know let it heal quickly and you can get back to business so he should be good to go off of that so it's quite different than the acl like you mentioned and you said uh the clippers being an afterthought or overlooked i wonder if as clippers fans as clipper nation just as the Clippers organization. Are we a little bit more comfortable? Um, do we have more optimism? Because this is kind of where, this is kind of our, our lane, right? This is where we've been. This is what we know. Being the underdog, being overlooked, being an afterthought, being sort of snickered at and laughed at uh, behind our backs, or maybe even to our faces, really. Is Are we a little bit more comfortable in the position we are now, um, trying to climb that mountain as opposed to being perceived as at the top of it, even though we haven't done anything yet? One
0: thousand percent i think that the attitude going into last year was that this team is deep this team is good this team has the second best odds to win the nba title you should be winning every single game and i don't think that pressure is on the clippers this year It, it really feels like that's not the case and so i'm glad you you asked that question because i think that frankly myself i'm in a better mindset going into this year because i felt like Last year really was a you-must-win-every-single-game type of thing. You're obviously not going to, but it felt like you need to prove yourself and you need to win because everybody's eyes are on you. You're going to win the NBA championship. I don't think that type of pressure is on at this moment, even though we are all thinking that the window is closing. I think all of us have kind of slightly resigned ourselves to, hey, this team may not be good enough to win it all, but hey, if they stay healthy, then give us a run. It'll be fun. So I don't think those expectations are as high because I think we've been let down so much over the last couple of years that uh, that I think our expectations are a little bit lower than they have been in the past.
1: I couldn't agree more, and that's sort of the sense that I was feeling throughout media day, and you know, watching PG and Kawhi and Ty up there. And somebody we didn't bring up was uh, Russell Westbrook. I loved him up there in media day, and it got me it got me thinking about his role on the team. Um, Ty Ty Lute. Ty Lue talked about leadership and how how if Russ coming in was the leader that they needed. And he said, not necessarily, people lead in different ways. Russ is more vocal. Kawhi and PG are more quiet, sort of do it on the court, lead by example. But when Russ was up there, a lot, and he had a smile on his face the whole time, a lot of what he was talking about was uh how much it means to him to be in LA with his friends, not only his friends from L.A. because he's from here, but his friends on the team now, his new family, that his family in L.A. and his family on the team, um, and that he was just in such a positive mindset that it almost got me thinking, like, wow, okay, he came back for, for a pretty small contract. You know, I, I know I wasn't on board when, when he first came over to the Clippers. I know neither of us thought it was a very good idea. Turns out we were wrong. And is he now sort of a heart-and-soul type character where his contributions on the court are going to be big. But even if somebody like a Harden comes in or whoever, whoever it may be a Brogdon and his role, I don't want to say gets diminished, but yeah, it gets diminished. Is his presence now in the locker room. And as a guy who sincerely wants to be a Clipper wants to play for the fans. I I think, I think that's going to pay dividends as well. Don't you?
0: Yeah, I do. Uh, I think that the leadership he's already shown by gathering the guys together And taking them out, I think it was in Vegas, and organizing a trip there. And I think he gave everybody a new iPhone. It it seems like everybody really likes him. And that's important because you want to be a guy that's well-liked if you're going to be someone that's going to be barking orders and trying to rally the troops and be that voice in the locker room. And it feels like that's what Russell Westbrook is. And it's something the Clippers have been needing for a long time is that voice because Kawhi and PG certainly do not have that voice of a leader. And they lead more by example than they do with their voice. And so Russ has a chance to do that. So I think, yeah, he's he's going to be an important part of what the Clippers do. It seems like he's really bought in. you got to be happy for him because it seems like he's very pleased with where he is mentally. And it seems like he's found a home, like you said. So I'm rooting for him. And, and I really hope that he succeeds. And now is he a guy that should be playing 35 minutes a night um, in the postseason? No, I don't think he is. Um, You don't see guys really hit that 30-plus marker unless you're a star. Um, That's something that Law has also mentioned. So we'll see. I mean, that's another key is that can he be that leader to help mentor Bones Highland? Can Bones take over for him when he's ready to step aside? Like There's a lot that Russell Westbrook can do, whether it be that vocal leader, whether it be that leader for Bones Highland, whether it be that guy that can really hold PG and Kawhi accountable. I think he's going to have an important role on this team. He most certainly is on and off the court. Um,
1: but I was just I was so impressed and so enthused by by his by his enthusiasm and his obvious love for the city and by extension the team. Yeah, no doubt about it. Um I think that covers everything on my end. Anything else you want to chat about? Um yeah, I I wonder if it would be okay if I parroted a question by our good friend. Tomer um yeah. that he asked, and I, I wanted to ask the question to you. When I heard him ask it, I think he asked it to Ty Lu, but I can't remember exactly. But he, this is a question he asked, and I wanted to see what your thoughts were on this.
0: Okay, go ahead.
1: Okay. Do you approach this season as championship or bust?
0: Oh, man. And I think that kind of goes to what I was saying earlier in terms of the pressure really being off. Um, mm-hmm. and, and us not going into this season with as much pressure than last season. Um, I think that it is a get to the Western Conference finals type of season and that this is one of your last chances. I don't know if I see it as a finals or bust type of thing. Because it's really hard to get to the finals. I mean, think really a lot has to break your way, whether it be with injuries, whether it be with who you end up playing, whether it be with ref- referee decisions. I mean, you go back to the Clippers Suns series um, when DeAndre Ayton had that Valley oop I mean, without that happening, who knows how that series ends up going. And if Kawhi doesn't get hurt, then the Clippers probably end up going to the finals and they end up playing against the Bucs. I mean, who knows? Um, Do the Clippers have a chance to win the NBA title when the bubble was before the bubble happened? Just seems like a lot has to go your way. So I don't think I see it as championship or bust, but I think this is one of your last chances to make a real run. That's the way I kind of look at it. What about you? I
1: don't I I, I have to agree with you 100 percent. Um, and I know that that's going to shock a lot of people that I agree with you hundred percent. You're a smart guy, Brandon, smart, one of the smartest people I know. And what you said there uh, really just echoes everything that I'm feeling about this season. I, of course we all want it to go well. We all want it to end in a championship, but just from the media day and just from what everybody was saying about uh, focus, PG talked about not cutting corners, uh, taking practice seriously, uh, the lead up to games, I think this is going to be a great season, just morale-wise, not only for the team, but for us as fans, um, for Clipper Nation as well. You know, it's the season right before we're moving into the Intuit Dome. And championship or bust is is just too lofty of a goal to put on on, on our shoulders. We did that last year. Didn't work out all that well. So this season, you know... We'll take it very seriously as we always do, as fans. But there's just there's a there's an air of, of fun. There's something there's something going on that I think this season's going to be a bit different in that way. How many times last year did we say, "Man, these games are just not that fun to watch"? Like we're we should be, you know, we're rooting for the team, but yeah, do we really have a rooting interest? I feel like this year that that's going to flip on its head because we're not going to be uber focused on this championship or bust mentality. That it is about team building, it is about continuity, and it is about game to game, kind of just having fun and hopefully getting as many wins as we possibly can.
0: Yeah, exactly. And I think that this is a chance for us to actually enjoy the basketball as fans. And of course, we have this whole James Harden question looming over the squad and what's going to happen. But all you can do is go ahead with the team you have and we'll see what this team looks like. When they take the court for the first time um, on Sunday against Utah. So it should be very interesting to watch. Of course, we'll be back now. I said it last time, but I promise you this time we'll actually be back more regularly because basketball is back. Like Mike Matt said, that itch, that burn, it's about to be cured with Clippers basketball. Finally, we are back just like The Rock has come back to wherever. The Clippers are back, baby. So it should be a good time. I'm excited about this season, Matt. I'm, I'm hoping to stay optimistic, and uh, I think the Clippers have a chance to do something, but it obviously comes down to staying healthy, and this podcast will really go downhill when the Clippers start getting hurt. And if Kawhi and PG gets hurt, then that's where I'm kind of going to lose my optimism. But for now, I'm going to go forward saying you can't predict injuries, and let's just hope that everyone stays healthy. Right. You're,
1: you're injured until you aren't.
0: Exactly. Absolutely. At Ethos Clippers is where you can find us on X. At Matt Metawarren is his handle. At BD Marcus is mine. If you can give us that five-star rating on iTunes, be greatly appreciated. Drop that review. Also appreciated. We truly do appreciate everybody as we welcome Matt back for another season. Last year was great. We're going to make this one even better on the Ethos Clippers podcast. So, until next time, he's Matt. I'm Brandon. Go clips. Go clips.